today's gospel, we continue on from last Sunday. If you remember last Sunday, Jesus told his disciples that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And the Pharisees are focused on their observance of the law, believing that that's what makes them righteous. That's what justifies them. Jesus is turning to us today and saying that, yes, we must observe these things, but our righteousness is not about checking some boxes of what we've done and what we've observed. Instead, it's an imitation of the generosity and the perfect love of God the Father. Jesus repeats six times during this section of the gospel, this pericope, he says, you have heard that it was said, but I say. This isn't said with authority, but I say. And each of these surpass the law alone and call us to reckless Christian charity. So his teaching today is topped off in today's gospel with that of showing us to love our enemies. Right? Not just to stand our enemies, not just to tolerate our enemies, but to love. What do you think when you hear this? Or if you were to call to mind the person in your life that's hurt you the most, that's the person Jesus is calling us to forgive in this gospel. When I hear this, I'm tempted to brush it off and say, well, that's just unreasonable. And quite frankly, impossible. Do you know what he or she did to me? But remember, brothers and sisters, God isn't asking us to do this on our own strength. He's asking us to do it with the love of Jesus Christ. The Catechism of the Catholic Church in paragraph 2843 reads, It is impossible to keep the Lord's commandment, that is to love our enemies, by imitating the divine model from the outside. There has to be a vital participation coming from the depths of the heart and the holiness and the mercy and the love of our God. Only the Spirit by whom we live can make ours the same mind as Jesus Christ's. End quote. What the catechism is telling us here is that for us to truly love our enemies, for us to truly fulfill that commandment, it has to be Jesus Christ's love living out in us. Right? As St. Paul says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Right? When I'm e- able to forgive even the worst of my enemies, it's Jesus Christ that lives through me and brings that forgiveness. 
Here's the difficulty that all of us face though. How do I know when I'm truly have forgiven someone? Is it when I stop feeling angry at them? Is it when I've come up to them and let them know or told them that they're forgiven? What is it that Jesus is exactly calling us to do in today's gospel? Again, Jesus calls us to love our enemies. And it's important to remember this. Love is not a feeling. Feelings fade and go. Love is an act of the will. That's far deeper and far more significant than a passing feeling. Now, forgiveness does not mean a lack of justice. Right? To use an example, if a mother or father were to forgive the, son, the murderer of their son or daughter, right, that would not mean that that forgiveness cancels out the fact that that murderer needs to serve a prison sentence. Right? The virtue of justice must be fulfilled. One must receive his due. Forgiveness instead means that I do not hold vengeance against that person. I truly pray for them. That they notice the mercy and enter the mercy of Jesus Christ. That they receive that love that I have received. It doesn't mean that if I've forgiven them that I don't occasionally have a feeling of anger at an act of injustice that was done. Anger is a feeling. Feelings are morally neutral. What I feel isn't a sin. It's what I do with those And this is far more virtuous. If I still feel angry, yet I treat that person who hurt me with love and compassion, that's far more virtuous if all of a sudden I'm just feeling lovely about them. So forgiving doesn't mean that I stop the feeling of anger. I think often we forget that. Say, well, I've forgiven him, but I still have that feeling of anger. I use the example, though, of the person that's hurt us worse in our lives. But I think more often than not in our day-to-day lives, we see forgiveness in much smaller things. Right, something that was said to us maybe 20 years ago. The side of a community issue that someone took several decades ago. Right, or something that someone's father did to your father or to your grandfather a century ago. Right, to hold these grudges is incompatible with the gospel. 
that's a hard pill for us to swallow. Yet it's truly in Christianity what Jesus calls us to do. This was the miracle of Christianity, or one of the many miracles of Christianity. The fact that the apostles went out and brought together communities of Gentiles and Jews, free persons and slaves, former tax collectors and their subjects. They all had tensions and issues that needed to be forgiven between them. But this is the power and the truth of the resurrection, is that it surpasses, that it pierces through those human divisions. If they would have held on to the pettiness of their disagreements, some of those disagreements had been centuries long, the gospel would have never spread. You and I would not be here today as Christians. And the same holds true today. Right? When we refuse to forgive others, when we hold grudges between families, between towns, between schools, between parishes. That the Christian message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is meant to bring us together. Right? We often sing that song, they'll know we are Christians by our love. That's true. Right? But we're not just speaking of our love as a parish, but our love as Christians. Right? When people can see that there's a love between Christians that breaks down the disagreements that ordinarily plague our towns and our world. Right? That's the love of Christ there. That reckless abandon to forgiveness through Jesus Christ. The areas of our own heart that we refuse to forgive, those areas are hardened in our heart. It's only through the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ that those can be softened. This is where the mercy of Jesus needs to enter. Right? To crush our hearts of stone. To give us tender and merciful hearts full of his forgiveness. Today let us repent of any unforgiveness in our hearts especially at this Eucharistic table, allow the Lord's healing grace to enter into our hearts.